the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Hey, everybody, welcome to the SpotTrack.com podcast. I'm Kevin Sylvester, along with Paul Peck. We're from BuffaloSportsPage.com and the founder of SpotTrack.com, Mike Gennetti. Last week, we had our NBA spectacular. We're going to get into our baseball offseason spectacular, even though we've got two teams left in the World Series. We'll talk about that. This is Mike's favorite time of the year. The World Series is about to start. Yeah, Yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to the World Series. Should be a good one. I wish the Brew Crew was in it. but By the way, 50th episode. Oh, that's right. Oh, number hey. 50. Number 50. Number 50. We're uh, Paul's age minus four. <laughs> or three. We'll be there soon. Thanks. We will be there soon. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Um, 50 is the new 50, Paul. It's all good. Uh, 50 episodes, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, and thank you all for listening. Those that subscribe and uh, tell your friends about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen to it. All right. Baseball. World, World Series, yeah. Let's two, talk about some baseball Two big first. teams. Yeah, the two Red of the Sox three biggest Dodgers. payrolls in baseball, right? That's right. T- top three, two top three, with no. Boston way ahead. Um, luxury tax offenders, all that good stuff. But obviously, it worked. I mean, what on well, now? It's hard to argue wins, that, right? World hard. Series favorites, yeah. Um, but I did I did some dirty work here just to sort of break them out a little bit. By the way, Fox wins on this oh, too. Geez. Oh, yeah. right. I mean, they I mean, were baseball wins really. I mean, they were like not Milwaukee, not Milwaukee, <laughs> not the smallest market in baseball when we can get Los Angeles in. But anyway, <laughs> L.A., Boston. My goodness, yeah. I digress. Um, yeah. So I, I kind of tore these teams apart a little bit just to see how they were manufactured, and it's really interesting. It's it's actually it's crazy how well these teams were able to draft, bring in some international guys, and then. The the small amount of free agent signings these teams have made is mind boggling, and the impact those player those few players have had is impeccable. I mean, th- this is the absolute model for team building in the in Major League Baseball right now, right? Each of these teams have acquired twelve players via trade, twelve wow. of their active twenty five. That's crazy. That's really crazy right now. And I think most fans would have guessed it would have been twelve free agent acquisitions. That's right. I think five years ago, that's probably the answer, right? But it's all gone to, gone to the trade, whether that's a, a winter trade or a deadline trade, um, and they've got a mix of both. So what I did is I sort of just quickly put together, uh, you know, an article that I'll post in the next day or two. And let, let me interrupt real quick. I yeah. think what what you're the point you're trying to get was because we all have that perception they're the big spending, big money teams, that's right. and they are. But what they've done now is instead of going out and signing free agents, they've taken other teams players that they can't afford anymore and essentially made a free agent signing via trade because they were some of the few teams that would have the ability to handle them is that is that a, a way to explain how the big money is translated to the trades well it's twofold right because not only are you acquiring a prorated salary when you're doing that right you're taking somebody else's salary but a less version of it at, at the deadline for instance but you're also getting giving something away so you're, you're, you're reducing some sort of payroll, whether that's current payroll or future payroll. If you're giving away prospects, they're going to hit eventually. So, yeah, it's, it's just this fluid system that both of these franchises have figured out. Look at the, their draft. Their drafts have been outstanding. <laughs> I mean, the 2011 draft for the Boston Red Sox changed this franchise. It, it completely changed it from, to, to where it began you know, seven years ago to where we are now. They had three first-round picks with the, with the compensation pick. They got Matt Barnes, Blake Swihart, and Jackie Bradley Jr. in the first round of that draft. All, all major, major, major players. And then in the fifth round, they found a little guy named Mookie Betts. <laughs> so, 
that's not a bad uh, that's not a bad June if you're Boston back in 2011 because we're obviously seeing the fruit of that uh, right now in the heading towards the World Series. By the way, I love when Ron Darling called him uh, Mookie Wilson. I know it. You knew that. Was, <laughs> you that, knew it was happening. Always right? loving on those Mets, especially <laughs> well, against Boston. If like you remember, a whole lot of if Mookies. you remember, Mookie Wilson had a pretty impactful play against. Yeah, the it was it was significant. <laughs> yes. So I do th- I do think there was some uh, there was some gamesmanship with that <laughs> faux pas. But the Dodgers just as just as powerful with the draft. I mean, obviously Kershaw and Walker Buehler are, are massive first round picks for them, and Cody Bellinger fourth rounder. So similar kind of situation, and that's, that's just an example. But he, here's the thing: between the two teams, twenty of their players were dra- were drafted by these two teams. Right? These these are not players they acquired. These are actual homegrown drafted players. Combined, their teams drafted players hold twenty one point six WAR. Combined, identical. The, the Red Sox drafted players and the Dodgers drafted players combined for the exact same war, which is obviously the advanced stat that we, we use a yeah, lot. Yeah, now some people track. might, now some people listening, like, okay, what is this war sure. that they're talking about? Explain what war is and some Essentially, of the Essentially, it's, it's an advanced thing. analytic that takes all of your stats and the value of those stats based on your performance for that team. So it's wins above replacement. How, how valuable are you to these your specific team's ability to win? And it's essentially a grade. It's sort of like a Madden rating based on stats and performance. Um, similar to the pro football focus grade you get on the football side of things. It's sort of baseball's calculated adoption of that. Um, so when you're looking at the article that I'll post here in reference to all these numbers, I've sort of broken out you know, the trade pieces, the free agent pieces, the international signings, and the drafted players along with their combined wars to show you where the impacts have been made. And we'll get to... I'll, I'll, I'll be upfront about this. For the, for the most part, it's really even, and it's probably not a coincidence, right? Right. <laughs> that yeah. These two teams are in the World Series, and they're analytically they're very very close because they're also built very similar. There's a lot of youth mixed with a couple of veteran free agent splashes, and like we said, mixed with twelve players that were acquired via trade each. So it, it's 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 nice to see this sort of working, right? There's there's almost a process, a template in place now that that other teams can use. This is obviously one example of that template, and this is the template I think most teams go with. The Houston Astros, last year when we had this discussion about the World Series, completely different, right? They went almost all international, almost all international to build that team, and it certainly worked out, and you're seeing teams like the Marlins doing that. And to some degree, the Dodgers did do that a few years back. The, half of the Dodgers' pitching rotation is international signings. I mean, that's just how they decided to do it. You've got the Bueller and the, and, and the Kershaw who were in, ingrown drafted, but... I mean, Maeda, Ryu, Kenley Jansen, Jose Urias, Javi Baez, those are all international signings that the Dodgers have been able to acquire over the years. And those are long-term players for you. So they've they've picked and choose, you know, where they've sort of wanted to build this team. But here's the thing. There's, we talked about the free agents and it's really where, where the, the pudding comes in here. It's where it matters the most. Both teams have two gigantic free agent signings over the past three years. For Boston, it's David Price. Take him or leave him. He's thirty-one million a year, <laughs> no matter yeah. what. No matter what, and you're, get, you're getting out of him. Finally, won a game for them in the postseason. He's actually looked really good. He's yeah, actually he looks really good. Great the last time. Yeah, keeping his mouth shut and he's pitching. So, and then the second is J.D. Martinez. And there's you know, what more do you need to say about that? He is the single game changer. He his WAR is over six, which is absurd. Um, it's way more than any player in this World Series right now. He's, I think he's going to win the MVP in the in the American League. He, uh, and I remember when we sat here he when he had not been signed, and you talked about him, right? We we talked about this in this very podcast about what is why has he not signed? He yet? He was always the perfect fit for Boston. 
He was always the perfect replacement for that David Ortiz hole that they needed to fill. Um, he was worth $27 million according to my value. They got him for 22 and a half and they gave him some player options. So he's protected as well. He's the perfect fit. I mean, he is, he's the reason Boston's here on top of the layer of youth that they had underneath him. But David Price, J.D. Martinez, those are the two major free agent signings for, for Boston. When you look at the Dodgers, there's only two. And it's Max Muncy and Justin Turner who signed minor league deals, mm-hmm. minor league contracts with the Dodgers. And, oh, and boy, did that work out. Boy, can we get – but Turner, dude, Matt's, the beard. Trim that thing, The beard man. is nuts. It, it, Both it, guys, but – Turner especially. I mean, yeah. he looks like Gibbons from ZZ Top. Yeah. You know? So he, he, that's all a show, I think. That, that guy has been behind the eight ball his whole career. The Mets threw him to the curb. Yeah. I mean, the teams, I think that he gives off this, this laziness, this, this sort of, you know, Joe Cool kind of attitude. This guy can just hit a baseball. Well, I, I, I mean, agree. he just goes up there, and I think pitchers take him for granted, and he just turns on these things, high fa- everything. He is. He's an outstanding you're saying player. It, so you're saying it's just all, it's all part of his, his thing where he yeah. comes to play like... It's the shtick. <laughs> right. This the, the, guy. The, the jersey, the, the uniform right. that's yeah. half buttoned and everything. Yeah. So, so when He's pro- limping to the plane. <laughs> <laughs> so probably somewhere in the first 10 podcasts that we did as we do number 50 here, we talked about the Astros and what yeah. the, the residual would be as far as how they showed about building a team and, and coming up from the bottom and whatever. So the question to you now is... Will there be any residual from either of these teams winning, or is because they're such big spenders, most of the league is like, yeah, we can't do that? In terms of the trade acquisitions, I think that's the case. You you sort of hit hit it on the on the nail on the head there. They had the capital to acquire players, right? And that's payroll. That most teams don't payroll and prospects. Now there's teams with prospects, right? There's teams with the, the Indians. There's teams like the White Sox. Well, the brewer the, the and, Brewers have some. Yeah. low paid yes you know relievers yes yes so that are due for a race um a lot of the damage that the Dodgers made was done in July right I mean the Brian Dozier is obviously the Machado so the, you know the, and both are in the lineup tonight to start the, the World Series so so he, it, it certainly worked out the way they wanted it to um the Dodgers come with a bravado they come with a big payroll you know a big an open checkbook not a lot of teams can handle that but none of these players are really crazily highly paid right now outside of Kershaw and that's that's to their credit they've they've went out and they've found some players Chris Taylor Kiki Hernandez Yasmani Grandal those were all trade acquisitions for nothing I mean those are minimum salary guys that have gigantic roles in this team Justin Turner same thing um so this this lineup is not you know star-studded with 20 million dollar guys like we we've seen in the past you know the Yankees in the past and even the Red Sox in the past this is a balanced financial lineup Balanced in how they were acquired, balanced in how they're being compensated this year. Um, and there's actually some structure. Now, the Dodgers have a lot of free agents. So in terms of where we're looking forward, very different teams. Boston's pretty locked in. Now, their their bullpen is going to be kind of shred apart here. Craig Kimbrell, Joe Kelly. Uh, By the way, I'm trying to figure out more. Joe Kelly's look, too, there. Like, he's shtick. A lot of shtick. It's a little Clark Kent meets, you know, it's like a redneck Clark Kent look yeah. for Kelly, right? <laughs> yeah. I like it, it is. That's great. I like it. Hopefully, <laughs> he, hopefully he's not listening. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> it works for him. Yeah, I mean, it, the guy, the guy for, for a little guy, he right? He can fire the ball, He man. can sling Woo! it. Holy smokes. Yeah. He can fire it. Yeah. So, so he's, throwing, he's throwing three digits. Yeah. He is. Man. He, and he never did. No, I know. 
We'll like, where does... All right, anyhow. Right. All right, so, I, I so, so enjoy the World Series. It should be a really interesting one. Two marquee teams. And Who are we it's, picking? It's Hold funny on. that they that, the, that they have these franchises haven't played in the World Series since 1919. Crazy, it's amazing right? to Crazy. think yeah. that Dodgers-Red Sox. So I like the Red Sox. I just think they're, they're rolling, they, they, that they'll have that crowd as they always do. I, I, I'm a, I'll pick the Red Sox in this one in six. Me? Yeah. I'm going to say we're, I'm going to be right there with you. Red Sox in six. They've been doing it all year long. I just, you know, if they can get to Kershaw once, I think that's It's huge. a big night. It's a big night, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, see, Kershaw, he's got to go out there and dominate, and he hasn't. He, well, he's been good. He's been better this yeah. year than he has in the past that's post-seasons. True. So I give him a little bit of, of a leeway this year because I think, I think he can do it. It's Kershaw's sale, and then we get Price tomorrow. It's very possible Boston's down 0-2. <laughs> Yeah, it's very you know possible. What? I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Dodgers. All right, okay. I'm gonna take the Dodgers. Seven? and Turner will be the MVP. Yeah, very, very. All right. that's very possible. Uh, Clayton Kershaw's <laughs> high school buddy is Matthew Stafford of the Detroit Lions. That's our transition into talking about football. Not necessarily Matthew Stafford, but I do think that's kind of a cool little tidbit if you roommates, didn't know right? that they were roommates. Yeah. They played to, they played baseball and football together. And just to think that two very prominent athletes in the world were high school buddies and and grew up together is pretty cool. So uh, we're a week away from the trade deadline as we record this podcast, and there's lots of chatter. We saw it start to happen with the Amari Cooper trade from the Raiders to the Cowboys. Patrick Peterson's name thrown around. I'm sure there's going to be a few more. We have a new, it's a new yeah. generation. Patrick Peterson's throwing his name around. It's a new generation right. of NFL general managers and NFL thinking, which I think is going to lead to what is going to start to become more of a baseball-like mm-hmm. football, basketball trade deadline. Mike, yep. uh, what 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 are you what are you thinking about the one that, that happened, the one that might happen, and the ones that we haven't even talked about yet? Okay, we'll start with Cooper. Uh didn't surprise me that he moved. Didn't surprise me that he went to the Cowboys. It def- certainly surprised me that it was a first-round pick and that it was a first-round pick next year. Why did Dallas have to do that, knowing they already had two? Well, they're, well, they're in a divisional race. They need something. But why couldn't it be a 2020? Well, That's my point. Why, why did, why did, why well, did, right? There was no other team offering a first-round pick. They don't know no that. Way. There was, no other, there was no other team offering a first-round pick. In fact, the quote I heard was, no other team was even close to a first-round pick. Well, again, they... <laughs> Likely did not know that. Desperate times call for desperate measures. This They're has got Jerry Jones written all over it. Just do it. Go do it. I want him. No I question. want him. We need him. Go do it. It was an whatever impu- it takes. Impulse move for sure. Right. Um, I'm not defending the move. I'm just saying, like, yeah. you know, they they want the move. This is what it's going to take. If you really want the guy, this is what it's going to cost. Right. Not necessarily. That's the thing. Well, obviously, what, what, who was available? Amari Cooper, Kelvin Benjamin. Well, but I'm saying if they'd offered yeah. a third-round pick, Parker. if they'd offered Devontae a third-round pick, might they have gotten Amari Cooper? Or, he, if they, or could they have gotten him for a second? He's, he's probably he was the best receiver available via trade, was he not? No question. Okay. No, the ceiling is higher on him than anybody available for sure. Um, and that's why you're not going to fault the Cowboys in the long term, but I'm not sure this needed to be done now. Do you? Does anybody else think that? I think they're a little bit desperate um, heading towards another middling season in Dallas because I think that's kind of who they are as a team with a middling quarterback. And I think there's a little desperation that that we need to hop on this now and we need to go for it. The AFC, the NFC East is clearly down more than people thought. So there's an opportunity for Dallas to jump in. So, you know, again, I don't I think they overpaid, but I don't hate this. If you want to take the logic that they were going to use a first round pick on a wide receiver next year anyway, well, why not use it now and get a guy who has some track record, some upside, and you get him for the last half of the season as well, too. 
You get him for four hundred thousand this year, and then thirteen million next year. Well, but but you know, I I know that would have been. But if they were going to go sign a big time free agent <laughs> wide receiver, you're you're in that ballpark too, aren't you? I I, I agree that you know what you're getting with Cooper, and hopefully you're getting a little bit better version of it. Right, you're getting the the twenty fifteen. They must be convinced that his numbers are down because Derek Carr and their offense stinks, and, and that's fine, but. I'm not sure I agree with your point that if they were going to draft somebody, then they should just do this instead. Because if you're drafting a first-round wide receiver who you've done your homework Cost on, control. you're getting five years of him. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're getting him for essentially $10 million over five years. Well, maybe maybe, maybe the plan – well, so here, here, let's talk about the quarterback situation in Dallas, right? Dak Prescott. Right. So maybe this is – all right, we're going to get you the receiver. That's right. And – if you can't work with this guy and Elliot and an offensive so, line that we've built for you, correct? Right? Then we need to get a new quarterback. That's right. Is this a last hurrah for? I Dak think Prescott? so. I yes. think it is. Yes. So, in a sense, it's yeah. let's get the let's get the other pieces and find out if our quarterback is who we think he is. Right? Because it's who, almost time to sign Dak Prescott. Correct. I mean, you're, you're actually that does make sense. You're aligning Prescott and Cooper financially is sure. what you're doing, and Elliot really. <laughs> yeah. Which. I mean, I'm, yeah, 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 because you're in this window now. I yeah. mean, Elliot, as good as he is, he's not going to be Emmett Smith. He's probably getting a fifth year option and a franchise tag, right? I mean, sure. I, I, I don't imagine he's getting girly money. Not no. yet, right? Not no. yet. This is a big step back for him. I would agree. Yes, it's been a, it's been a very down year. He's been injured. Yeah, I. Yeah, his behavior he, from last year too has to factor into this as well. Yeah, he's not getting. Well, if there's money. one team in the league that ignores that. <laughs> Historically, it would be the Cowboys. Well, ask Des Bryant because he's ask on Twitter Michael right Irvin now doing nothing. Too, so, yeah, I mean, you know, the they have to do something because they have an opportunity to win. I'm on their board division. with this. I'm so, on board with this conversation. You know, that's what they're. That's what I think they're looking at yeah. and doing it. And you know, what you pay. If you think you can win with that receiver, then next year's first round pick isn't as valuable as it looks as it stands today. I guess the I guess the problem is also what we just talked about, right? What if this all works and you've got to pay Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper and Ezekiel Elliott all at the same time? That's all right. It's a good problem to have. If it works, it's an offensive league and you're scoring points. It's probably right. So, they're going to be in Chiefs mode, right, where they're just all in on the offense and their defense is going to have to suffer because of it. Boy, yeah, the Chiefs. I'm yeah. just, you know what? I'm just picking them, their entire team, offensively. Let, let me tell you something about the Chiefs that I, I knew but sort of forgot until yesterday when the Patrick Peterson stuff came up. Obviously, people were tweeting at me that, you know, I'm crazy for not including the Chiefs as an option for Patrick Peterson. And the reason I didn't go there is, number one, they're, they're cap-strapped, obviously. But number two, they're not even using Justin Houston and Eric Berry right now. <laughs> those right. guys are sitting on the sidelines hurt. They're both hurt, yeah. I mean, if those guys come back for the last five, six games, what's the problem you're, you're here? You're just yeah. good enough. <laughs> you're just a better and good enough on defense to probably win, every, win no whatever question. you need to win. No question. Like, you know, that, that right now, as structured, that defense will catch up to them a couple of times before the year is out, and you certainly hope it isn't going to be in the playoffs That's when that right. happens. But you make a good point. You're going to add two Pro Bowlers and you're already paying to that them. lineup that you're already paying. Yeah. So, all right, so Patrick but, Peters, hang, on, let me, hang on, but, you know, the Chiefs, that defense, when those guys come back, even now, like, guys, go play your ass off for a series because you're going to be off the field resting for That's quite right. a while. That's right. Right? I mean. And they haven't huh. been as bad as people put them out to be. No. Yeah. I mean, the points have been high. 
But yeah, you're right. The threshold is low. I mean, Patrick Mahomes can throw five touchdowns every week. So he's incredible. He's, he is. That's a lot of. That team's and, a lot of fun to watch. And teams that passed up, passed him over. Oh, here we go. Should be <laughs> here we go. Lamenting that, particularly a team, <laughs> particularly a team. Listen, particularly a team that Kevin, traded with the Chiefs. Kevin, to eight get weeks, that pick. Eight weeks. Eight weeks ago, I'm on board with you dumping on the Bills for doing this. There's no comparing the Bills and the Chiefs right now. None. None whatsoever. No, it's I, not even a conversation to have. The Bills are one of the worst teams in the history of football. Right. And they were built that way six months ago. But if <laughs> if they had drafted Mahomes, he'd be hurting on the sidelines, we, and we'd be watching Derek you know Anderson. You can poo poo all you want. The Bills are going to be handing the ball. Derek Anderson is going to hand no. off to Chris Ivory and throw the ball to Andre Holmes. <laughs> That's yes. the Bills Monday Night Football. Uh, well, hang on. That's, That's not Orchard Park High School. <laughs> That's the Bills. Let me make my point, then you guys can go on and tell everybody how much their offense sucks right now. Um, it, had they not made the trade with the Chiefs, okay, and had they drafted Mahomes and sat him behind Tyrod Taylor like the Chiefs did behind Alex Smith, then the Bills could have built their team offensively, right? Maybe kept Sammy Watkins, who plays for the Chiefs now, and it's like an afterthought Mm -hmm. for that. Um, But then they could have had a whole year and offseason to increase things offensively Right, they could have addressed their offensive line in the offseason instead of ignoring that, which may be the biggest blunder uh, with it. And they could have done things to build up their offense instead of, hey, let's trade the quarterback, the starting quarterback that the guy they just drafted could have played behind. Mm-hmm. If you're going to throw away here, why why the hell did you trade Tyrod Taylor? I'm just well. You, all right, I'm done. I'm done no, on a tangent. No, Thank I'll you. finish that thought with, with you're right with one sentence. They should have been thinking offensive side of the ball the whole time, whether Correct. that's a quarterback or not. Well, they, they, right? and they didn't yeah. hire a coach who's going to do that. So, right. all right, Patrick Peterson, where's the market for him? <laughs> Let's move on to defense. Where's the market for Patrick Peterson? Well, and do you there, think it's realistic? The, that the it market happens? is there next is no March. market because it's an offensive league. But yeah, no. and the the market is next March. The, Arizona's not trading him right now. I, it, it, it never made much sense. It's to not me. happening. I mean, they've got so little to go on as it is. They've got to keep themselves in games to be to, to be watchable right now, and Patrick Peterson is a big part of that. I get it. He wants out. He sees the ship going down. Larry Fitzgerald's certainly going to walk away from this at the end of the year. Yeah. The, I mean, I don't know where David Johnson ends up if we're talking about Arizona as a right. whole. I mean, he's been an he's afterthought. A, he's a total afterthought. He's, a, he's, he, he's not back into form at all. And and you know what? They hired a defensive coach as well, okay. too. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a thing. It's going to start to be a thing. When yep. Belichick eventually walks away into the sunshine, we're going to look around and see all these other defensive coaches, and I don't know if any being, any of them are going to be worth a damn. Nope. Wait a second. Hold on. What, I'm a, both of you. So Mike Vrabel, right? We'll call him a Belichick disciple. Sure. Played for him. Defensive coach. Goes for it. Goes are for a kidding? win. He has like That's, six career touchdowns. That's the right he, move. He goes for a win with a two-point conversion, which I applaud. I think it's, Definitely I, the right I, move. I think it's awesome. You know, instead of kicking an extra point and going for a tie. I think that's driven by the, the new acceptance of the numbers and the new acceptance of the analytics, regardless of whether you're an offensive or defensive-themed coach. Um, you know, Mike, go ahead here. I mean, I think you're seeing it on a weekly basis in the going for two, in the going for it on fourth downs at certain points of the field. Um, these are all numbers-driven decisions, which is very different. Okay, but the point is it's a defensive to. coach making an offensive yeah, but, decision. But, but, but I, I disagree with you, Kevin. He's making a decision based on the numbers. That's right. he, they're built, they still are a defensive team. They're, the Titans are not an offensive team. Are you kidding team. me? A defensive coach would have kicked no, the extra point. No, 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 I no. Do I get to make my point? No. A defense, yo, I'm going to. 
do. The defensive coach would have kicked the extra point, figured my defense is going to stop him. Where the offensive coach says, I got a chance to win now with my offense. You're missing the point. The numbers are driving these yeah. decisions. I actually think. Well, the, the numbers on that are 50 50. The numbers are I make the two point conversion, I, I go ahead they in the game. Be better than that. If I don't make it, then I'm automatically losing the game. Unless I, I get the onside kick, which the numbers are so much lower on recovering that than they were probably of making a two point conversion. I, I actually think you're both missing the point a little bit because. Good. Yes, Vrabel and Shermer both made decisions but and they probably were analytics driven but all they did is say two Matt LaFleur and Mike Shula offensive coordinators were the ones who went out there and said we're going to throw the ball at, at those plays and that's sure. that's the problem the problem isn't the decision to go or not the, the problem is Marcus Mariota and Saquon Barkley exist as with with run they're phenomenal running running plays especially with two yards to go what are you doing here Mariota had one yard to go after the penalty, right? One yard to go. You can't even make that an RPO, well, an option. Give him an option to run. That's where they. That's where coaches outfox themselves. They're going to be thinking he's running it. That's so right. we're going to do the opposite. You've no, got, go with your best. You spent the number two pick on Saquon Barkley, and yeah. you've got him for five years cheap. You run him until he can't move. <laughs> well, there are plenty of plays in that game for the Giants the other night where, like, I could see. Okay, this is a screen to Barkley. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. they're just terrible, terrible play. My God, Jason Witten was yeah. calling for it every play. Right. Uh, you, you brought up some quarterbacks. Yeah. Let's let's uh, kind of wrap up here on uh, what's the. Is there a marketplace for any quarterback trades? Is there? Uh, you know, I mean, as we get close to this trade deadline, I mean, Jacksonville is in a massive quandary at quarterback right now. Um, do you see anything happening on that front? And then there's a few other players I know you want to touch on too. Jacksonville's frustrating right i mean this was the afc favorite coming portals into the season. is this frustrating was the AFC favorite he could throw for 400 one week and 120 I, the next he's been bad but yeah there's been a lot more wrong with that team right i mean obviously losing leonard Fournette is a huge it's a huge miss um yeah bortles is bortles i don't know what did you think you were gonna get was he supposed to take a big step forward? I thought because after the way money? he played at the end of the, in the playoffs last year that he had taken a step forward i i, I think they did too yeah I would agree with that. Although they they listen, they were interested in cousins. That's so right. So as much as they, they they were trying to get cousins. That's right. From what I was told, it was between Minnesota and not the Jets, Minnesota and Jacksonville. It wasn't the Jets? He's because oh, he spurned the Jets. Yeah, he did that early. Yeah, he, right. He it wasn't like it came down to right. it, it didn't come down to the Jets uh, or one of the final two teams. Uh, it was Minnesota or Jacksonville, from what I understand, right. and. So that says even Doug Mar- Doug Marone. Is there a more boring coach in the NFL than Doug Marone? I mean, just seriously. I, I mean, just, well, offensive line guy, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, just but there's just nothing. I feel like that's effective, though. I'm not saying he's a bad coach. Yeah. You know, because I think he's actually proven he's a decent football right. coach. Um, but he's just <laughs> yeah, not Mr. Excitement. Yeah, tough to get your But anyways. There's, look, at there's there are quarterbacks I think Jacksonville can go and look at. I don't know if that's the right move. You know, I don't. If we asked, you know, three or four coaches what they thought about bringing a quarterback in week nine, it's tough. And saying get it's us into tough. the playoffs, you're not going to get much out of them. It's going to take them three weeks to at least three weeks to understand what it is you need them to do. So, so maybe maybe the discussion needs to go here. Why in the world is Cody Kessler the backup quarterback in that's Jacksonville? That's a good question. I mean, he was like the seventh option in Cleveland, and that's that's not an exaggeration. Okay. They went through some serious quarterbacks. And he was not they one of them. They had Chad Henney last. Year. They had that classic he, veteran I, guy. I get, I get what what he he got. He got a lot of money to go elsewhere. I mean, too much for for what Jacksonville had cap wise. So I get you have to move on from him. But 
in the same breath that the Saints did their due diligence to have a backup, Minnesota did their due diligence to have. I mean, they've all they all went the lengths to say we, you know, obviously Philadelphia, we need to have a guy who is more than capable if and when you know an injury happens or our our number one busts out like like everybody sort of assumed Blake Bortles was going to do, right? right? Well, didn't didn't Jacksonville? Aren't they in the same situation the Cowboys were in? In Jacksonville, they they let their receiver go to Chicago, yep. and they need a receiver for yeah, Bortles. Yeah, but no, but their receivers had actually been pretty good. They replaced them with a younger group of Ken, faster Ken Cole, guys. Cole, Westbrook, Dontre Moncrief, yeah, speedsters. Uh, maybe you don't have that guy that can go across the middle and do it, and that's maybe a deficiency, but they do have some tight ends there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if, if the play calling is a problem. I, I just I, I look at last week, and certainly Bortles deserve to be benched. I, I You've got to have a more viable quarterback be able to come in. And, yeah, and, I'm and, surprised and, too. And not only that, you need somebody who can push Bortles, right? I mean, you need somebody well, Bortles who's has in to know Bortles that if face. I screw up, that's I'm right. going to lose my job. That's yeah. right. Yeah, and yeah. that's shame on Jacksonville because you know they've got three starting running backs on that team and you know half a quarterback right now. Right. All right. How about more running backs? Quick notes on Peterson, Lynch, and Le'Veon Bell. Boy, Adrian Peterson. Talk about a story. Right. I mean, I don't know if you've sort of dove into this a little bit, but I guess he showed up to Washington and wouldn't let them say no. He was in the best shape of his life. He he blew the kids out of the water in terms of training camp and things like that. And boy, it's he is he is really doing. He's averaging almost 100 yards a game. He might have 15 yards, 100 yards from scrimmage at the end of the year now. So uh, kudos to him. Well, he hasn't he hasn't done a whole lot the last few years. So he's been well rested. <laughs> <laughs> and well compensated, I should say. Yes, he certainly has that. But no, he's he's a great story. It's, he's I think he's single handedly put, putting this Redskins team on his back right now because Alex Smith is being Alex Smith, sort of mediocre, you know, game manager kind of guy. Because which is have what they want. Crazy weapons that's that he right. did last year. Yeah, the wide receiver core has been absolutely a disaster there, and that's the, that's something that has to change. And certainly Peterson's not a long term option there. But they do have a guy. They did draft this Geist kid who is sitting on the IR right now. Who. Hopefully he's getting a good education of, of of what he should be doing out there from the veteran because Peterson is really really I mean Washington's the game and half lead right now the Redskins are in the playoffs right now and I don't know who called that with this team nobody no not with the the Eagles and the Giants and the and the Cowboys sort of built better you know in a, in a better position so. and I don't think any you know many fans would have you know thought so moving on from Cousins yeah. but they're doing all right I think Alex Smith was he's giving them exactly what they asked for. But to, to assume that Peterson was going to be anything more than he was with the Saints or the Cardinals last year, you know, which was a third down option kind of thing. Yeah. It, it's kind of crazy what he's doing. So something to watch for sure if he can maintain that and if Washington can kind of keep that lead. Quick note on Le'Veon Bell because it's what we do every week. He's not here, obviously. It sounds like week nine, which is what we all sort of thought from the beginning. It's right up against that deadline of where he uh, that franchise tag would fall off and he wouldn't be able to play anymore. Um, it means like $7 million, $7.5 million of that tag would be his for the remainder of the year. It means he can't be traded because the deadline is October 30th. Week 9 comes after that. That's certainly something that came into play here. He did not want to be moved, obviously. Uh, I don't know. Where, where's Pittsburgh going to be in two weeks? They've got to buy, and then, and then you know, they— Well, they, do they need him Baltimore. Right I, that's that's right? I guess that's where I'm going. I guess that's where I'm Getting going. Solid, Sarah, perfor- Sarah, solid Sarah. performances from Connor. I was going to say, Sarah Connor's kid is uh, <laughs> doing nice. an excellent job. I, I have to wonder. Mom's name's not Sarah. I have to sure. wonder this if there's any discussion internally about rescinding that franchise tag and not having him come back and just letting him walk. Well, 
going to walk anyway. If you if you don't like what the, what it's going to do to your chemistry, then that that's the move, if you ask me. How well? What are, what is their time frame on that? Up till yeah, week nine. Yeah, the the, the tag will essentially expire at, after that that second week of November. Boy, it's a ballsy would, move. That would be Carol- really ballsy. Carolina did with Josh Norman. Remember? Yeah. Yes. Because they didn't want to do what Washington did. That would be did. really okay. So suppose that happens. Where does he sign then? Who signs him? It's got to be Philly, right? Yeah, immediately so. Philly, right? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the Patriots with this Sonny Sonny Michelle. Yeah, I don't think Sonny Michelle is as hurt as bad as people thought. Maybe he's I don't think Sonny Michelle's Le'Veon Bell though either. No, <laughs> but no, but but and if they're uh, pushing for it. Right? But you no, know, again, the difference there is you, you know in New England they still have roles for for James White and their other guys, they do. and I don't know that they would want to have to change that because Le'Veon Bell would be there. So, but who knows? It, it's never they've never been shy about That's grabbing right. grabbing guys, the most talented guys who had issues, so to speak. Speaking so. of speaking of. Be- in March, when the conversation really does come up, the Patriots have to be a frontrunner for Patrick Peterson. Of course. Yeah. By his choice. St- Stefan Gilmore and Pat- Patrick Peterson in the back of that oh, secondary boy. next year. That's, that's, that's to yeah. me, that's the favorite. Yeah. In my and uh, Marshawn Lynch may be done. Yeah, he's hit. He hit the IR. He's got a groin injury. He's 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 a uh, the next Raiders guy out, right? <laughs> Essentially, on a team that's going, nobody else going is going to want him. No one. If you know, he he's he's been solid. He's certainly not been beast mode. But I think just him personally, he's probably going to going to hang up the cleats. Yeah, yeah, it's hometown. I mean, I think this was his retirement yeah. tour, so to speak, to play he's for not, He's not team. going to Vegas with him. No. Right. That's for sure. No. Right. Is anybody going to or Vegas? San Diego next year, wherever they go. I heard an interesting t- discussion yesterday about this. Why not put this Raiders team in London for the whole year next year? Because hmm. they're in limbo. Talking They've about got no that. stadium next year. They can't be in Oakland next year. They can't be in Oakland. There's no way they can the, do the, a deal, a one-year extension, whatever. It sounds like... Right now, it's in complete limbo. Wow. And they've got no home. And San Diego doesn't really want them for the one year. <laughs> yeah. So. How about the minor. These, con- London, these how- London games are nice, right? It's like soccer. Love in the those you wake up at 9 o'clock. Yep. How about the minor controversy going on now that, that has the Chargers future in doubt with the lease and the PSL deals with the new stadium did, in LA? Did anybody not see this coming? Yeah. I saw this coming. Everybody the whole saw time. this They're coming. Going Why back did they to San need Diego? Two teams? I, I hope so. They are going back I hope to San so. Diego. I hope so. Or even back to St. Louis. Right, switch franchises. Go back to St. What's wrong with St. Louis? You know what? What such a great sport. St. Louis. You know what St. Louis is right now for the NFL? It's the girl over in the corner at the dance who no. Okay, I'll go dance with her. Right. I mean, how many times they want to be bigger and better? How many times opinions do not do not qualify for Spot Tracks opinions on this? Well, I'm just saying. Well, well. Bad example, I guess. I'm just saying, like, oh, okay, well, that uh, I get it. The only only girl left to dance with it, or guy, okay, only guy. Are there, left are there better with. cities? Is there are there expansion options? They well, would I, make they would be aggressive and make it an international London, London, Toronto. Mexico City, something about, like that, because that's where the NFL wants to be. Right, Mexico City, I could see. They yeah, want to sure. be places they're not right now. Right. Do, you know, do you know Mexico City gets Rams, Chiefs coming up? Yeah, really? how the hell did that happen? Wow. Yeah, well, <laughs> Holy do, 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 I can tell you how that happened. It's they there. It's every move is a very subtle step towards what their big picture is. That that is something. The Rams, Chiefs, could in be Mexico the, City. could be the only hurdle that LA has for an undefeated season. Wow, I've been to Mexico City. I was actually um, impressed with it. Yeah, like I, I, I. I it was, had to go there for golf, and it was you know reserved about it. But I'm like, this was all right. <laughs> no, I was just you know it was, and you know what, morning rush hour was remarkable. Were, were you near where the stadium was? 
I don't even know. Do where you know the where this would be? No. no. Listen, I, uh, I wonder if it's in like the heart of the frankly, city. Frankly, frankly, I did uh, golf course and hotel. <laughs> that was pretty much it. Yeah, you I know. like to do airport what, and hotel. Tell us well, about air, airport, hotel. <laughs> tell us about rush course. hour before we wrap up because I'm intrigued to hear. Well, this oh, yeah, it, right, right. Rush hour is amazing in Mexico City, and that there'll be guys three deep on a moped with no helmets, mm-hmm. zipping between cars. The public transportation buses. There are people hanging out the doors <laughs> trying to get on there. Taco street taco stands everywhere. Just jam. That's where everybody has breakfast. Boom, you know, on there. It was. I mean, it, it took a half an hour to go a mile. Sounds like a great <laughs> to place to expression. listen to podcasts. Is what it sounds. It's like. a oh, great yeah. place to listen to podcasts. <laughs> oh yeah. And then, and then you have the. It, you know, it's a police state. You have, um, you know, you have po- uh, police men and women uh, in the middle of traffic directing traffic, standing there, and then there, uh, you know, every hundredth car is a pickup truck with police with machine guns wow. on the back. Pretty incredible stuff in Mexico City. So, I mean, it, it's – and the other thing about Mexico City is because it's in a bowl, right, uh, the mountains, and the smog. It's almost – it's almost uh, it's 7,800 feet above sea level. It's higher than Denver, right? Wow. So the altitude is, is going to be an issue. They have to get uh, acclimatized to that. It took me a couple of days, frankly, walking – you know, I was walking a golf course, but even still, I'm like – Oh, I'm out of breath here. This sounds like it's going to be a terrible football game. <laughs> no, no. Well, it could be a good football game, but day four, I finally saw the skyline out my hotel window because of the smog. Wow. I was like, wow. I didn't even know that was there. Wow. Holy All smokes. Right. Interesting so, stuff going yeah. on. I when think, is that uh, game? I think it's got to be coming up. Second week of November. Yeah, it's got to be coming up. Week nine or ten. I think everybody right. should know by now that the NFL is locked in on the international, yeah. uh, on stealing the international money. The dot, the tickets sell out in London in in, in an hour, two hours. It's yeah. the, you know I think your Raiders thing has a very interesting possibility, but I think the NFL is like you said they would rather they, they're not interested in going to St. Louis. They already own that market. Well, what I'm saying, like, it, say, but if I'm St. Louis, why do I want the Raiders for a year? The Rams That's have come right. in no, and out. No, the, in and the, out. we're talking about the Chargers moving there, right? Potentially. Well, I thought you were talking about the Raiders. No, no, we're talking there. about well, the both. Chargers. Like, listen, the Chargers are going back to San Diego. You think so? Yes. With, there's no stadium. There's no effort there for at this. They're point. going back to San Diego. They'll figure it out. They'll go play in the old stadium. They'll figure it out. They didn't okay. tear down the old stadium, right? By the nope. expressway there, where I had to hitchhike a ride to the airport because no cab would come. <laughs> this is a true story. True story. Vic Carucci. And I had to hitchhike a ride to the airport <laughs> to catch a flight because there was no cab that would come out to the expressway by that stadium. In the 1998 Bills Chargers opener, wow. Doug Flutie, the Bills lost that game. You were probably there. Brian Leaf, one of Brian, Brian Leaf's Leaf. only good games it, in his career. It might have been his debut. There. Might have been his it debut. Was his debut. It was threw, his debut. It was his debut game. a couple touchdown passes. Wow. And, yes. And, yep. I remember Vic and I were on the same flight. And they had beer, they had a beer tap in the press box. I was done, so I started drinking. Vic's like, I'll be, just be a few minutes. Uh, Vic, I love you, but, man, you took three hours. I was schnockered, <laughs> right? They shut the beer tap down on me. Guys was like, what am I going to do? I, mean, I sat there drinking beer. So don't worry. I'll get us a cab. We go out there. There's no cab. There's no. We went out to the freeway and hitched a ride. We got into a back of a Datsun pickup truck, had a cab on it, oil and weed whackers in there, and the guy did 80. We just made our flight. This is a wow. true story. How about this? And I we need bonus football back story. in San Diego. That's what this means. And, and bonus I, story on the Spot Track podcast. And I, I look at Vic on the ride. I said, we're going to die. <laughs> we are going to die. <laughs> that is great. Well, but, how about that, Mike? How about that? Hey, oh. how, how many people listening to this podcast for have, Uber. have ever hitched a ride in the back of a crappy two-door Datsun pickup truck 
Probably nobody. Probably not. Probably nobody. Right? And I'm like, this... Tweet, tweet me at SpyTrack. Yes, <laughs> if you have. And I'm like, this is the NFL. Oh, the glamour. The NFL. Jeez. If mom and dad could see me now, fantastic. <laughs> All right, what else? Uh, what Go else Chargers. What else we got coming up on Spot Trek again this week? A lot of baseball. Yeah, right? we're, uh, we're 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 diving into the off season stuff with baseball. So we're putting together a, a really nice thorough piece. All thirty teams looking at the off season outlooks, free agents, arbitration numbers, all that fun stuff, trades, extensions, lots of money, and uh, we'll have that well, probably in a week or so, and then we'll be back uh, next week with number fifty one, right? Yes, and premium membership. Premium membership. Yeah, we've got uh, lots of new tools coming. Our developer Scott is. Working as we speak right now to, to ramp that up, and uh, I'll make some announcements on that very soon. $30 a year will get you locked into all those and an ad-free experience. The app is free in the iOS store. Please uh, give us a rating. Let us know what, what, what we need to do better on that. And keep listening, right? All right, and share your hitchhiking dots and Please. stories. Please. All right, for Mike Giannetti, the founder of SpotTrack.com. For Paul Peck, I'm Kevin Sylvester. Thanks for listening to the SpotTrack.com podcast.